All right, guys, we are going to start a series on what it looks like to be a warrior, what it looks like to be a warrior. We're going to start with a really familiar story. It's the beginnings of the story of a man by the name of Gideon. So if you want to, you can turn in your Bibles first off to Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6. We're going to begin just in verse 13, but then we're going to go back through um, quite a bit of the chapter today. The message title very simply today is Mighty Warrior, Mighty Warrior. Let's look together in the book of Judges, chapter 6, and we're just going to read verse 13 to start off this morning. The word of God says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. That's an interesting way to answer the angel of the Lord, isn't it? Right? We're going to look at that just briefly this morning. So the seeds of this whole series began with a conversation that I had with a man by the name of Tim York. And Tim's he's a good guy. He's from Kentucky. And Tim is our moderator of the National Association of Free Will Baptists. He's a longtime pastor, incredible worker, very gifted man. And we were at the state meeting, and I had just come out of one of his seminars, and it was good, and we were learning, but what hit me was something he said just passing in the hall. And this is what he said. I got the quote up here today. We are trying to build the church with toddlers rather than warriors. What do you think that means? That kind of took me aback, too. Like, you're kind of like, what are, what are you saying? <laughs> We're trying to build a church with toddlers rather than warriors. What do you do with toddlers? You basically try to survive in advance, right? <laughs> you try to corral them, right? And you try to satiate them, right? You try to keep them happy, right? Right? I don't want you throwing fits, so here you go, and we're just going to try to do whatever we can, and you just try to get by. Sometimes you even find yourself entertaining them, right? Okay? So I want you to think about this with me just a little bit. This is going to kind of drive where we're headed. Now, what happened was, just a quick aside, and we'll talk more about this next week. Um, when I came back with that, I was just like, and you know how my mind works sometimes, I was just like, I'm seeing all kinds of different things the way that this could be so amazing for us to talk about what it is to be a warrior. And so I hit up Michael, and I actually talked to Brooklyn a little bit. I was even talking to Riker, and I was thinking about this myself. I'm like, what I would love to do is to do a devotional that we build ourselves and that we could do it for like 40 days. And you guys know a lot of times 40 days, that was Moses up on the mountain, Jesus in the wilderness. It's a sustained time. Even science a lot of times says it takes about six weeks to make a good habit. All those things line up pretty good together with that kind of time frame. Maybe we could do a 40-day devotional together. And so the more I talked to Michael about it, I could tell like this was like his thing. He was really excited about it, and so I was too. 
And a couple months ago, we sat down together, and I was getting ready to say, okay, you're going to write these, and I'll write these sessions, and here we go. And Michael sat down, and he's like, here it is. <laughs> and the Lord had been working so much in his heart that he has these great stories that are going to tie into our devotions for this 40 days. So I've been trying to put together some different challenges and different thoughts and things, but we want to encourage you. And so here's the thing. We need you guys to engage with us a little bit in the, in the upcoming weeks so that we can really grow together. Now, again, think of this quote for a second. I want to see if you can if you track with me, if you think this is even in the right direction or not. If we are trying to build the church with toddlers rather than warriors, what, do, what does that mean? Well, here's what I maybe would compare just a little bit. Think about Disney World, what you know of it, and think about boot camp and what you know of that. Which one does the church look like? Disney World or boot camp? Now, who all has been through boot camp? Michael has? Robert has? Anybody else? Kevin has? Okay, cool. So you guys can tell us what boot camp is, looks like. And I'm guessing it doesn't look like anything like Mickey Mouse and roller coasters, does it? And cotton candy. <laughs> we may have to give some time later on sometime for you guys to share a little bit about your experiences, right? What does Disney World look like, right? I mean, it looks like, well, it could look like long lines and fast passes and standing in the queue and super hot weather and kids getting sick on rides. That doesn't sound pleasant. But for what it's supposed to be, right? What is Disney World, right? It's like the greatest place on earth, isn't it? What is the church like? Let me give you just an idea here. So what do you think about this? This morning you walked in here and uh, Brother Rick, who's amazing to us, we had donuts and Amanda, who's always amazing to us. She had cooked all these little sausage and chicken biscuit things. You had hot coffee. I even had somebody bang a coffee cup on the table looking for coffee. Can you believe that? I'm teasing Brother John. He was hitting me up. And so you have hot coffee, you have donuts, you have food. Uh, and really, it's fairly comfortable in here, right? You have climate-controlled seating. Actually, your seating is not too bad, is it? I mean, really, some of you fall asleep sitting up, but you could lay down even, right? <laughs> the pews are comfortable, right? In many ways, this place is functional. It's built for a lot of people to come and hear the Word of God proclaimed and for it to be taught in these classes. But it's also built for a lot of creature comforts, right? Good lighting, good heating, good cooling. We even changed our lighting up this summer, try to fix that, right? Somewhat of beauty, right? A nice carpet, nice. We even have these really good tools. But I want you to think about that just a little bit. Do you think sometimes, here, this is just a question, and again, I think there's both sides, so I'm not trying to just pin you into a camp. I want you to think with me this morning. Are we trying to bring people into a business or prepare them for a battle? Now you're tracking with me, aren't you? Right? Is this our own little brand of Starbucks? And so we're going to create a nice experience. We'll have the mood. We have the intro music. And we're going to have this really just good feeling. Or are we getting people ready to battle? Do you think by going to Disney World, you would get prepared to fight battles? Maybe if your battle was little kids, I don't know. <laughs> but for the rest of us, we need a different kind of preparation, don't you think? 
You guys, if you will, I really think the Lord is wanting to do a good work in our hearts here. And he's wanting to change our mindset a little bit, that we would be focused on training people to go and to serve and to build and to love and to fight. We're going to talk about different things we're going to fight against over the next few weeks. Rather than just trying to make people feel good and have a a nice feeling and a nice experience, I think the Lord would have us to prepare each other. And you guys know this. There is, after all, a very real spiritual battle, and many times even a physical battle as we fight. On Wednesday night, we talked about our fight, right? We talked about we fight against the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of Life. If you weren't here, guys, it was the Lord was speaking to our hearts. And you guys know in the Bible that's how the devil works, doesn't he? And I'm not going to re-preach the whole Wednesday night, but the idea was on at the Garden of Eden, Eve is there, and she's tempted, isn't she, by the devil. How is she tempted? The lust of the flesh. It was good for food. The lust of the eyes. It was pleasant to the eyes, something to make her feel good about herself, and something that would make one wise, the pride of life. <laughs> right from the get-go, the devil used those things. And John says in the book of 1 John, this is the world. That's how the world works. By the way, not only did he, the devil tempt Eve that way, but guess what he did to Jesus on the mountain, right? When he was tempted, Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days. Again, 40 days, right? He hadn't eaten for 40 days. He was really hungry. The devil says, oh, hey, Jesus, why don't you turn the bread, turn the, excuse me, turn the rocks, the stone, into bread? The lust of the flesh, right? Oh, that... I'd love to show that devil I can do that, and then I can eat. That sounds good. (laughs) And Jesus says, no, all right. The bread is the word of the Lord. And then the devil said, hey, you know what, Jesus? If you'll drop off the temple and fall and jump, you can show us that the scriptures are true. You can show us that the the devil will, uh, or the devil, that the angels will catch you. Right? Hmm. The pride of life. I'll show that devil. He doesn't think that'll really happen, does he? You watch. <laughs> you ever push your buttons that way? I think that's how my wife pushes my buttons a lot, a lot of times. You can't do that. Well, yes, I can. I'm a man. Right? That's sometimes how we work people, right? That's what the devil was doing, pride of life. And then what's the last one? The devil says, he took him up to a high place and looks at the massive, beautiful cities and all the things that have been built. And the devil being the ruler of this world for a time, says, Jesus, if you'll bow down before me, all this that you see can be yours. The lust of the eyes. (laughs) Guess what? The devil's working the same you today, and me too. He knows what your flesh wants. He knows what your eyes wish to possess. He knows what fills you with pride. It hasn't stopped. What I want to challenge you over the next six, seven weeks is that we're going to fight against those things. We're going to fight for some things, and we're going to fight against some things. We need to start taking an offensive mindset. Not that we would be offensive to people, but that we would be on the offense. We need to start fighting against sin and start fighting for our Lord and his name and his kingdom and for justice. We need to start raising up warriors. Are you with me on that? I don't want toddlers who are 18 and 20 and 23 out there waiting because they've been catered to in the church for 20 years. 
I want people who are battle-tested who can go to a public university and know the truths of the Bible and they can stand up against those things and they can fight for justice and maintain a passionate faith. I don't want them waiting for someone to come and coddle them. We've got to do that. By the way, I don't only want that for people that are entering college. I want that for all of us. That we could be strong in our faith that we could have an offensive mindset. So this morning, welcome to Pray, Prepare, and Share Week. So this week, I'm going to ask these three things of you. And if you have notes today, if you'd like to take notes, just write these three things down and put a little thing beside them. The first thing I would like for you to do this week is to really pray. Pray that God will speak to your heart and he will speak to your family's heart. Pray that you will have enough discipline to read the devotions every day. Don't raise your hands. How many of you rarely have devotions on a daily basis? This is going to be a challenge for you, isn't it, right? Pray that the Lord will help you step in to that. We're going to challenge you with little mini challenges every day. Pray the Lord will help you achieve the things that he wants you to gain from the series. Not what we want, but what he wants. Pray for our church. Pray that God will use this as a turning point for us that we will really begin to have an offensive mindset for reaching our community and fighting against sin. Let me, let me just say this, right? And this is, I'm as honest as I can be. If you guys aren't going to pray about this series, let's just go home. Right? If, like I prayed this morning, if the Lord isn't there, I don't want to be there. And if the Lord isn't in this, I don't want to do it. But too many things have come up along the way to make me really feel like that the Lord really is in this. But I can't do this. I definitely cannot do this, you guys. I got so much stuff I'm trying to do, and it all falls to nothing if the Lord didn't do it. Michael's the same way. You guys the same way. We got to pray. So I'm asking you this morning, make a commitment to pray that God would speak to your heart, to our hearts, to the hearts of those who are with the series with us that God would, we would really hear his voice, okay? Please, please, I'm just begging you, if I can beg you, I'm begging you today, pray that God will work in our hearts and do that this week. Prepare. Now, I know we don't always have control of our circumstances, but even this week, see if you can get in some good routines. You know the routines because you're always challenged by them, right? <laughs> Eat a little bit better. I'm not asking to say no bread or no sugar or no whatever this week. Just try to be a little better. All right? Eat a little better. Prepare your body. This week, rest a little more. How many of you get enough rest? Not a hand's going up. <laughs> right? This week, here's what I'm asking you to do. Rest a little bit more. Thank you, John or Rick. A little bit more, right? If you're staying up till midnight every night, uh, the preacher, this is convicting to myself, go to bed a half an hour earlier, Right? Get a little bit more rest. I'm just going to be, and Michael will tell you the same thing. We're going to be real honest with you. If you engage in this series, do you know what is going to happen? You're going to be spiritually attacked. You're going to be physically exhausted. Because the, the devil and the world, as defined on Wednesday night, the devil doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to do well. And he will distract us and wear us out. And a lot of us are wear ourselves out. And what we need to do is get a little bit more rest. Get a little more rest. The other thing I want you to do this week is sing or listen to some songs that uplift the Lord and encourage your heart. Okay? Uh, 
Michael's done a really good job. We have a, a song list. And it, if it's not your kind of music, we get that. But for a lot of you, I think you'll like some of this music. We've made a YouTube channel with our Cross Life Indie YouTube account. We're going to share that out through email and on Facebook and stuff this week. If you do playlists sometimes, pull that playlist up. And there are songs about what it is to be a warrior. And we encourage you to do that. Just start trying to get into a pattern so then you can make it just a little bit easier to have a consistent devotional time, which we will start one week from tomorrow. And again, if you haven't signed up, please sign up. All right, pray, prepare. The last thing here is share. I want you to share. Uh, Sometimes we need to encourage each other in our church. Amen? All right, you guys have encouraged, all have encouraged me. I mean, Michael has put his heart out in a book. I'm serious. It is a book. And Lord willing, when it's all done, if we can work it out, I'm going to try to make it into a Kindle book on Amazon. You guys can pray about that too, that we can accomplish that. But he has put it all out there. And I'm so proud of him for doing that. And all I'm asking you to do is take a little time every day to see how the Lord has touched his heart and pray the Lord will touch your heart and share that with other people. Okay? And at the appropriate time, we'll be encouraging each other, hopefully. But I feel like this is a good time for us to encourage Michael, encourage your preacher, encourage your church. So please share. If you would, bring somebody. Next week, bring somebody to church. This week, send an email link to somebody. Share it on social media. Just tell somebody. The next few weeks will only be what we make of them. Can you hear that again? That's what they always say, right? If you're doing a diet or you're doing exercise, (laughs) if you're doing a classroom, that's what they say at school all the time, right? It's only going to be what you make of it. If you're like, eh, just another little Bible study, I don't, don't, whatever, you know. I don't think I'm going to engage too much. You know what you're going to get out of it? Exactly what you expected. Nothing. Right? But if you come with expectation, you come with a prayerful heart, you come looking for God to do things, you engage, the Lord is going to encourage and speak. I think we're going to be amazed at what God will do with us. But we need to engage. And so I did this little cheesy mock-up here for you this morning, but I thought this was pretty good. (laughs) Right? Uncle Sam, that's what he said a long time ago. You ever see those old posters? I want you for U.S. Army or U.S. Navy or whatever, right? We want you for the Warrior Challenge. Okay, enough of that, right? Let's actually get in the Word of God where the Lord can challenge us and speak. You guys bear with me. I'll go quickly, all right? Let's look in the book of Judges, and we're going to learn today about God's call on a mighty warrior's life. First thing, we need a victory. We need a victory. Look there in Judges chapter 1. Excuse me, chapter 6, verse 1. Judges 6, 1. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. And because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land, and they ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, and they did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Look in verse 7. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. 
I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. And then look what he said. But you have not listened to me. Everybody knows the pattern of Judges, don't you? Right, the book of Judges? Okay, real quick, what happens? Okay, in the book of Judges, the Israelites will be obedient to the Lord. And when they're obedient to the Lord, guess what comes down? Blessings. Blessing after blessing. Oh, better crops, uh, better housing, better life for all of the country. And then in the prosperity, it kicks in and the people get materialistic. And what do they forget? They forget God. They stop seeking God's face, and they start looking around for other things that are just maybe of interest. And so they start worshiping other idols. They worship other idols. They sin against each other. They sin against God. Then what happens? God begins to cause suffering to come on them. And it can be with their crops. Usually in this case, it'll be with invading groups of people that come in. And then whenever the pain comes, then what do the Israelites do? Lord, help me. (laughs) They cry out, Lord, help me. And what does God do? He sends a judge. He sends someone to help rule the people, to lead the people. He leads them out of their sin, back to humility before God, and then the cycle happens all over again, okay? Gideon is one of the beginnings of this type of cycle that we see in the book of Judges. And here, the Midianites, the Amorites were destroying the country. Um, And what I would encourage you today, if you'll see these things with me a little bit spiritually, our enemy is doing the same thing. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life we can see the world is at work to take our hearts, if you will. Deliverance begins with a cry for help. So I want to ask you this morning, when is the last time you cried out for help to God? Has it been a while? Think about that. Well, I'm, pretty, I'm okay. I mean, I pray and say, Lord, thank you for this and that. When's the last time you cried out and said, God, I need you? Right? That's what the people here were doing because of the suffering that they were experiencing. So the Lord sends them a prophet, and his reminder is this, I delivered you before. <laughs> As the Lord delivered us before, he will do it again. But his expectation is this, do not worship other gods. That's what he asked of them. God drove out the enemy. He even gave the Israelites their land, and God had given them the victory. But they didn't claim the victory. Why? Very simply, what's the end of verse 10 there say? They did not listen. You guys, are you in need of a victory? Ever just need a W? Right, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I had this old uh, teacher at Salem. He would ask me every day he saw me, he'd say, Travis, who's winning today? You or the computers? <laughs> Most days it was the computers. Right? You guys, we could use a victory here, couldn't we? Amen. And I'm not discounting the things the Lord has done. The Lord has done great things among us. I'd really encourage us this summer, this fall. It's been so good. But we could use a victory. And so to do that, we need to become listeners. We need to become people who heed the word of the Lord. Will you listen to the Lord? Will you obey? Again, over these next few weeks, will you hear and obey? Well, look what the Lord does. He delivers a warrior. Verse 11. The Lord delivers a warrior. And so the angel of the Lord came, and he sat down under the ark in Oprah that belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it or to hide it from the Midianites. Look in verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said what? The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. (laughs) 
God sends an angel. He looks like a man to Gideon. He sends him to Gideon. He has a plan for Gideon. By the way, God has a plan for you as well. We're in a battle, and the Lord would have us be his warriors to fight for truth and justice. But look what God promises. I love this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, what did he say? What's the first thing he said? The Lord is with you. You are not alone. He, de- he declares Gideon to be a mighty warrior, but what he says in front of that is, the Lord is with you. God promises his presence. Does God promise his presence anywhere else in the scriptures? You guys know the Great Commission, right? We're supposed to teach and baptize, make disciples of all nations. And what's to say at the end of Matthew 28 and verse 20, part B? Jesus says, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Right? His presence. You guys remember Joshua? Going around the walls, right? Joshua 1, 9. What do you know about that verse? The Lord says to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Again, listen to me. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will what? He'll be with you wherever you go. His presence. Wow. God says, listen to me, and my presence will go with you. Again, I keep saying it this morning, but if the Lord's going there, that's where I want to go. And if the Lord is not going there, I don't want to go there. Amen? And that's what the Word of God is encouraging us today. God is promising His presence to His mighty warrior. He, again, is declaring Gideon to be this mighty warrior. Trust the Lord's plans and His purpose for your life. If He's calling you to it, if He says you can do it, He will empower you to do it. Again, as we were encouraged on Wednesday night and what I learned from one of our evangelists at the men's retreat, he said, if it's good, it's God. I thought that's pretty good. God is a good God. And if what you're doing is magnifying him, if it's good, it's of the Lord. And here we see that in Gideon's life. But now here's the problem. If I said today, God is empowering you to go and be a missionary to Brazil. You okay with that? How about Sudan? How about Yemen? How about Anna who goes to Turkey and places like that, right? Saudi Arabia, anybody want to go there today? Whoa, preacher, no, right? Uh, No. If God has a plan for you, he will empower you to do it. It's the same in our local community as it is anywhere that God calls us to do. But sometimes we feel like Gideon. Let's look at a few warrior excuses because I think some of you may have some warrior excuses today. I know I have. Look at verse 13. Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. This is amazing. God is about to do some incredible blessing in Gideon's life, like just through the roof. You guys know the end of the story, right? I'll spoil it for you. He takes 300 men, defeats over 120,000 soldiers with 300 guys. That's what God does, okay? God's about to do this amazing thing. And here he sent an angel of the Lord. Again, Gideon just sees him as a man. And this angel declares, God's presence is with you. You are his mighty warrior. And what does Gideon say? Oh, this is awesome. I'm ready to go and serve the Lord. No. He says, you talk about God's wonders, but I ain't seen them. How about you guys today? Do you feel that way sometimes? Be honest, right? You've heard about the old-time revivals? Anybody ever heard about those? My grandpa would talk about them. 
I think I've only seen one real revival in my life. You've heard people talk about God healing someone, right? Have you seen that? You've heard about where our country, in many ways, was founded on some great principles and what God had done and how he magnified his name through this nation and sent people all over the world. Would you say that about today, that that is his place? You might be a little bit like Gideon, right? You say all these good things, preacher. (laughs) You talk about the power of God. You talk about the presence of God. You talk about his calling. I just haven't seen it. Gideon says that to this angel. Well, why did the Lord abandon us? Here we are, and now Midian has taken over. Where is God? And I think that's a legitimate question to us today. We might say the same thing here. Where is the Lord at? He questions God's truth. Now we know, again, God has something amazing to do. Look at verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and he said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? What's the Lord's promise here? Does he answer all his questions? No. What he does is he says, I'm sending you. It will be enough. Look at verse 15 again. Gideon answers, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Again with the excuses, right? Preacher, you just don't understand. I'm just not gifted that way. I just don't have that kind of time. I just don't have that kind of energy. I, I can't do this. Gideon said the same thing. I'm the weakest. I'm the lowest. I can't accomplish this. And look at God's response again, verse 16. The Lord answered, what? He promises his presence again. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Are you seeing a pattern here? You can make all the excuses you want, but if God's chasing after you, what's going to happen? You better give in, and he's going to empower you to do what he wants you to do. All right, look in verse 17. So Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. So what Gideon does is he actually puts out an offering on a rock and asks God to show himself. And you know what God does? Fire falls down on the rock and it eats the bread and it drinks up the drink. And now this Gideon who all ago was saying, I don't think I've really ever seen the Lord do much of anything. (laughs) What do you think he's feeling now? Right? You guys, if you will look and, and pay attention, you might see God do some amazing things. I've been really privileged because I've been hanging around Sindhu and ID for the last year, and I've been, my eyes have been open to see what God is actually doing, some really mighty and amazing things. And they have really encouraged my faith. So if you'll skip all the way down to verse 24, excuse me, verse 23 and 24, the scripture says, But the Lord said to him, Peace, don't be afraid, you're not going to die. Gideon thought he was going to die because he saw the Lord. Verse 24, so Gideon built an altar to the Lord, and there he called it, the Lord is what? Peace. And to this day, it stands. The Lord is peace. All right, you guys, at the very end, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but if you want to, you can read the whole rest of chapter 6. Gideon, through all this, he takes this little, I would say it's a huge step of faith, but for him it's a little step of faith. In his community, the Israelites, who were supposed to be Loving the Lord, their God, as their only God, they had many idols. And if you guys remember some of the pictures I showed you from India, you talk about a country that has idols. They have them in the hotels, they have them in their cars, they have them in their houses. Everywhere you go, they have idols. And in Gideon's town, it was filled with idols. You know what Gideon did? In the night, 
Gideon went and he burned the idols. He took down the main uh, deity, the Asherah pole there in the main part of town. How do you think that went over with the locals? <laughs> right? Pastor I.D., if you remember when, on that Wednesday night what he said, he was out there preaching and he had this track and it said the idol worshipers will uh, be darned, be, uh, excuse me, be condemned to die to eternal death. That's Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. He wasn't making it up. He was just reading out the scripture. And these two great big Hindu guys are saying, we're idol worshipers. Are you saying that we're going to go to hell? He's like, look, this is what the word of God says. And so they threw him in jail and that's where he was able to witness and where the Lord really launched him to be a great witness for him through that experience. Gideon goes and he does the same thing. He burns down the idols in the night. And the next day, what happens? Right? Joash! That's his dad, by the way. Get your boy out here! <laughs> How do you think the dad felt? And the dad had even some idols. Get him out here! This can't be done! And you know what Joash says? He says, well, if Baal is God, let him stand up for himself. Whoa! Talk about some courage. And God will take this initial step of courage to launch Gideon to defeat the Amorites and the Midianites and to magnify God's name and then also to bring joy to this whole group of people who've been suffering. Here's the whole point, guys. I think God wants to do the same thing among us. I think he wants to take this group of people and fill us with joy like we have not known. And he wants to make his name great. Not our name by any means, but his name great. But we're going to have to get rid of some idols. We're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to listen and then obey. And I think if you guys, if you'll walk with us on this journey together, and I know different things will, you'll enjoy, different things you may not enjoy as much, but if you'll walk with us together, the Lord will speak. And he'll be magnified. All right? In conclusion, let's just read this last verse together. Verse 11 again. The angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oak and Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Bezerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so my question for you today is, will you join us in the battle? Will you join us in the battle? Let's stand this morning. Thank you so much today for your attention, for your time. And again, I'm asking you three things this week. I want you to pray. Please be in prayer for our church family, for this time together. I want you to prepare. So start working this week a little bit. Eat a little better, rest a little more. Make sure you're allowing time for devotions this week to get in that habit and that pattern. Go ahead and start that this week. Pray, prepare, and the last thing is share. All right? If you haven't signed up yet, we want you to sign up so you can get the daily devotions and then share with other people. We want as many people that would to join us and even bring a friend next week if you can so that we can all worship together. All right? Let's take just a little time this morning. We'll have a little quiet time here to pray. And then after that, we'll ask Brother Todd to come and lead us with our closing announcements. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we are just so grateful for the examples that you have for us in your word. Oh, we cannot say thank you enough for people like Gideon who would take those steps of faith, even, Lord, when they felt like they were the weakest, even when they hadn't seen your work, they would step out and trust you. And then, Lord, you did amazing things 
You declared them a mighty warrior. And most of all, Lord, your presence was with them everywhere they went. And God, very simply today, as a body of believers, we ask you to guide us with your presence. Lord, again, where you are at, we want to go there. And where you're not, we don't want to go there. Please speak to our hearts, Lord, so we'll know. Lord, help us to be in step with your Holy Spirit so we'll know when we're following after you. And Lord, we'll know when you're...